Hey John, how's it going? It's going. I'm hanging out. It's a it's a, it's a it's a nice sunny day outside, but I'm not out there. I'm in here recording an episode of yeah. a Homestuck podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it, it's it is a nice sunny day out here as well. Uh, I, I went and I walked to the gas station today and I got some gas station uh, chicken and biscuits and they were pretty good. Uh, so it's that today has been a, an overall success. Uh, anything been going on since the last time we hung out? Um, anything fun in your life happening? I, crazy. I've just been playing Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, I don't know if I I've mentioned before, but I'm part of a a, a raid group now. So I, I I I told you like outside of it because like because of like recording times. Uh, but. I, I raid three nights a week now. Nice. So I'm 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 getting the good gear. I'm getting the I'm actually getting nothing. We haven't even like beat the the first boss of the tier yet, but Oh. Well we'll, we'll get through it. Well <laughs> I'm having a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well well that's good to hear. So like uh I'm used to like um so in Destiny, uh, like when you do a raid, you just you have to you sit down and like you do it. Yeah. Um, and like if your team sucks, which like sometimes I've been in a lot of teams that sucked. I've gotten a lot of teams together that sucked. Like sometimes you have to take a break and come back and do it the next day. But like the notion of getting stuck on the first boss just fills me with utter dread. How does that? How does that work? I'm sorry, I zoned out. What did you just say? The, the idea of like getting stuck on a first boss in a in a raid or like a dungeon encounter fills me with dread. Like, how does that work, or like how long does it take to clear one of these things in Final Fantasy? Um, well, I, I haven't done a, a Destiny raid yet. Well, I did one like like back during Forsaken when I've played for the first time. I think I was. With I pulled you. you for a raid like yeah. three years ago. Yeah, once, and you were on Ad Clear, I think. Yeah, I I was just there. I didn't know what was going on. There was a funny sparrow race like in the middle of it. That's all I remember. Um, they took that raid. They took that raid out of the game. I wish they would bring it back. Damn. Um, but FF14 bosses are like a dance. Like, there is a, like, you can fully map out, like, everything everyone has to do, mm-hmm. and it not be, like, a surprise. Like, you, you like, every, if, if someone, like, fully memorized, like, where they need to stand, like, on, 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 in the room, like, they'll survive. Uh, so it's, like, do, doing, doing an FF14 fight is, is pretty much just, like, just trying to figure out where you need to be at what time. Because uh, hmm. FF14 is very rigid, like, uh, coming from WoW, WoW, like, like if you picked a certain class, like, there was a lot of, like, you could personalize it, and, like, because, like, there were, like, abilities that, like, like, the skill tree that was in WoW, and, like, you could get certain abilities that other people didn't have. Like, there was a lot of, like, do it, do, do it your own way, do it how you want to do it. Uh, but in, in, in 14, if, if, if you have four dragoons in, in the same room, they're all doing the same exact thing. Like it is, it is fully constructed to be a certain way. And, and 
the encounters are the same way. Like everybody's just doing their own personal little dance, and then they're also doing the big dance. Uh, but but as as far as like getting stuck on the first boss, uh, the way raids are constructed in fourteen is like it's it's all queued content. Uh, mm-hmm. but the the raids aren't like a big like dungeon like they are like broken up into like it's it's there's four bosses per per tier uh and and you you can technically just queue for whichever one you want because after you finish the normal version uh which is what you typically do just like with randos uh, you you get the ultimate version, which is what you typically do with like a planned team in a Discord call or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You could theoretically just queue for the last boss if you wanted to, and just do it out of order if you wanted to. Uh, That's awesome because because it is each individual queued instances. So, hmm. so so like if if we if we were stuck on the first one for a really long time and we were just like fuck it. We could just queue for the one after that, and hypothetically, like get it on the first first pull. So, like it, it's yeah. That's this how raids very, work. <laughs> this is all like very. I, I feel like like Destiny being my only real dip into MMO experience has given me a very uh, skewed outlook on how other games do these things. Because this just sounds like a whole job to me. The funny thing about that is. is uh, I watched a documentary about FF14. I think it was Noclip who did the documentary. Yeah, I've seen a couple of their videos. They're really good. Yeah. Uh, there was an interview in the FF14 documentary. I think it was with Yoshi P, the the director of FF14. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said that FF14 is fully constructed to be a game that acknowledges that the the real life exists. So, like... It... Like... They don't want people to, like, be doing... They don't want people to be stuck in the same thing for, like, hours on end. Like, mm-hmm. uh, uh, an instance will automatically end, I think, after 70 minutes? 90 minutes? Somewhere in that range. Like, so, like, it kicks you out if you can't clear? Yeah. Uh, okay. And I think you can technically just go ahead and queue again. Uh, but we we don't do that in the raid group. I don't know if you can, because I this is my first time doing... FF14 raid content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does automatically kick you out. Uh, and they're really short encounters if you know what you're doing. Like, you can, like, beat the boss really quickly, get everything tidied up, be done with raid night in, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, like, it, no encounter in a video game is going to take, like, over an hour in one try. It, it, unless it's, like... Yeah. That boss from, what is it, Final Fantasy thirteen or whatever, that's like, yeah. oh, these just, this shit is just for sickos. Yeah, but it goes back to, like, why it's, the raids are broken up that way. Like, they don't want people to be doing this giant raid instance where, like, if you if you, if you you don't get far enough, like, it's, it's it, it ruins your whole week. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I like the way fourteen does its, its raid stuff. That makes sense. I, like, the, the the other end of it being, like, it, where it is in Destiny, where it's, like, you run through, like, five encounters with your team back-to-back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, that is grueling. So, I to me, like, the, the after 70 minutes it kicks you out sounds like 
like a punishment. Um, but it, it sounds the way that you're describing it more like it's supposed to be like a really aggressive version of those like Wii game notifications that like are like, go play outside every 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I also think it has to do with the fact that the the servers for instance content are on like a different thing and they don't want people to like go into an instance and then idle in there and then just take up server space. Because mm-hmm. it's it's Makes- it's the same with like dungeons. Any instance content has a timer on it. Yeah, I guess when you are also like the biggest MMO, you gotta fucking worry about your hosting space. That's also a pretty valid concern. Yeah. All right. Enough about gaming. Yeah. Enough about gaming. I forgot. Uh, I forgot to mention something last episode that I that I wanted to talk about. Uh, all right. I'm reading books again. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I I I rereading the epilogues like awoken something in me, and I was like, I really want to get back into reading books. Mm-hmm. And so. Currently, I'm reading The Hobbit. I haven't finished it yet because, like, I I, oh. I checked it out for for like my vacation, and then like on my way back, I was planning on finishing it, but I was just like really sleepy, so I slept the whole way home. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I'm probably gonna finish The Hobbit this week. Never touched Lord of the Ring content before. It's been a journey. Gandalf's All right. Gandalf's a funny Hobbit's guy. A good, Hobbit's a good place to start. Yeah. Uh, um, but but on that note, if anybody has any book recommendations, like actual physical book. Send them my way in the Discord server. I, 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 I trust Homestuck fans with their with their book recommendations. <laughs> a, a bold a bold move, but uh, we'll see how it pays off for them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, that that's cool. Um, I was a really big fan of The Hobbit. I don't want to. Uh, we got we got some good stuff to get to today, so I'm not gonna hang us up for too long, too much longer. But uh, I I've mentioned before that my parents are both big Lord of the Rings surgeons, so I was I grew up on like The Hobbit and uh, Lord of the Rings stuff, and I really like The Hobbit. Um, you're making me, now that you bring it up, you're making me want to go back and read it again. Uh, because I've only read it or like been read it or like listened to it on audiobook like years and years ago. Um, and I was very disappointed in the movies when they were coming out. Uh, I haven't revisited it since, and I saw you posting on Twitter about uh, how great Gandalf is in that book. I'm like, man, I want to read The Hobbit again. Hell yeah! I think I think my biggest takeaway from it so far is I'm confused on how they turned it into a trilogy of movies. Uh, <sighs> I I the way people talk about the actual Lord of the Rings trilogy, like I can kind of like pick up like that working as a movie, but I had yeah. I had never heard people talk about the Hobbit book before. And I knew the, the the movie trilogy for that existed, but as as I've been reading through it, it feels like I'm reading a Saturday morning cartoon, not not a grand blockbuster epic. Like I, yes, I I, yes, I, I so... I've, I've been very confused. Like I think about it, I'm like, how how did they turn this into movie? <laughs> this is kind of the core problem of the Hobbit movies existing at all is that, like, uh, The Lord of the Rings is a very large, very long, uh, very uh, voluminous trilogy of fantasy novels that put you to sleep reading them. They have so many words in them. Yeah. Um, and they're, there's just a, there's a lot of words. So many words, constantly. Uh, it's great, but, like, that is a series that, uh, th- that like, a nine hour long movie trilogy like works for. Yeah. Um, and they still had to squeeze it. They still had to squeeze it pretty hard. 
The Hobbit is a book for children that has maybe one 90-minute movie in it, not three three-hour-long movies like they made. So the Hobbit movies are, like... I never watched the last one, but uh, the second one is, like, almost equal parts, like, uh, The Hobbit, uh, Saturday Morning Cartoon Adventures, and the other half is, like, we are trying to make a Lord of the Rings prequel. Uh, Legolas is here for some reason. Woo, Legolas! Woo! <laughs> um, just a lot of nonsense that has no reason to be there, and it's clear that they didn't have a good reason for it to be there, and so it, it the movies are just really long and they suck. I see. Yeah. Yeah, even when I was, like, reading the first chapter, like, the first chapter is 20 pages of, of Bilbo being pissed off that there's dwarves in his house. Like, mm-hmm. it... I, I just could not, like, wrap my head around that being anything other than, like, a, 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 a YouTube animated series. <laughs> See, when you read The Lord of the Rings, you'll find out that the Lord of the Rings also starts with uh, Frodo being upset there are people in his house. Um, but Hell it goes yeah. on for eight years instead of twenty. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Um, okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna divert us back to to our topic at hand. Speaking of reading, <laughs> speaking of reading, um, we read uh two more routes of uh, Pester Quest today, um, uh, chapter eight, uh, part one and part two, uh, Tavros and Aradia. I almost mispronounced her name again. Uh, oh my god, um, not even official pronunciation. Anyway, uh, we got we got two characters today. Um, and we're going to do them in the order that we read them. Uh, so, without any further objections, uh, shall we kick off into the recap of Tavros? Hell yes. Alright. So, um, we start out this route without much time for introspection. Uh, because as soon as we, uh, click the button and we start reading, the first thing that happens is that, uh, MSP Reader spots Tavros, uh, hurtling down a hill in his wheelchair nearby. Um, he crashes, uh, and we quickly find his, uh, his crash site, um, and help him up, uh, and he introduces, him- he introduces himself, uh, as Tavros, and explains, uh, what he was up to. So, we look up and we see that there is, uh, a big hill that he was, the, the big hill he was coming down, there's a big tower at the top of it, and Tavros explains that he was trying to catch a rare Fetuspawn Go monster at the top of that hill. Um, Emissary Reader, uh, always, uh, valiant. Uh, offers to help, and we get to work pushing Tavros up the hill. Uh, he initially refuses our help and gives us a little bit of a speech about trying to improve himself and becoming stronger, but when we insist, he acquiesces pretty quickly. So we push Tavros up the hill, and we get the monster, and Tavros thanks us. Um, MS Reader, uh, to their surprise, learns that this was in fact a phone game and not a real monster we were going to go hunt. Uh, let's see. We offer Tavros a quick zap home, um, and he agrees, uh, and we go to Tavros's hive. Uh, so we land, um, and as we get in, we take a look around. We observe uh, what his place is like. It's kind of barren, uh, not a lot of decorations, except for Peepa Pan posters and his various prints of uh, sexy fairies who look like Vriska. Um... And uh, countless fetus spawn cards littering the floor. Uh, accurate experience, anybody who is friends with 
or has ever collected cards themselves of any game will know them shits get everywhere fast. Uh, let's see. Uh, MSP Reader uh, comments their surprise at the wheelchair given Alternia's uh, slaughter-happy society. Um, Tavros acknowledges, yeah, uh, it is kind of weird, and he kind of jumps at the chance to share his whole sob story with us. Um, we get uh, his backstory as a hardcore flarper, um, and he talks about a friend of his who uh, may or may not have psychically thrown him off a cliff um, and disabled him, and who may or may not still be incessantly taunting him uh, and torturing him and just giving him mixed messages that he just doesn't know how to feel about. And we thank God that none of the none, none of our friends that we know so far are like this. That'd be that'd be crazy. Um, Tevers uh says that uh in in while getting sucked into this kind of funk, he says, you know what? Maybe Kanaya was right. I should just stop thinking about this. Let's do something to distract ourselves. Uh, I'm getting too sad here. Um. But as uh, Tavros attempts to change the topic, uh, Briska shows up uh, out of nowhere. Uh, we hear her in the distance, and before long, she's letting herself into Tavros's hive with her key that she apparently has to his place. Um, so Briska lets herself in, uh, and she sees us there, and we have kind of an awkward standoff for a moment. Um, she... She gathers that uh, we've already learned a little bit about their history together. Um, when you first hear Vriska's uh, voice, Tavros is like, oh no, that's her. And we have a minor crisis of like, oh shit, that is our friend. Um, so Vriska so realizes that we've heard a little bit about her unsavory behavior with Tavros in the past. Um, and she tries to cover for this with her own version of events where she's a little bit less uh, actively to blame. Um, tries to make herself out to be... Maybe the a, a little bit better than the situation would paint her as. Um, let's see. And she, uh, she also credits herself with giving Tavros a wheelchair, um, and really makes it uh about herself when she, she makes it about herself. Uh, Tavros is like, "Listen, this, I don't, I don't like this. I don't like you being here. This kind of sucks." And she's like, "Listen, Tavros, we've all suffered to get to this point. Uh, I got you that wheelchair. Uh, let's put the pat." Excuse me. Uh, let's put the past behind us. Uh, let's see. Briska goes on to explain uh, why she's there. Um, she and Terezi are getting the gang back together, uh, and she's offering Tyrison in. Um, not to flirt, but uh, carrying off of what where we left Tere off with Terezi, uh, Briska and Terezi are trying to gather some people together to fix the planet, uh, make Alternian society a better place to live. Um... Tavros declines, uh, given his history with Vriska, and that he, as he sees it, he's been through enough already, and I really have a hard time disagreeing. Yeah. Um, Vriska insists, uh, she says that this is, this is, like, he should be grateful. She's giving him a chance to be somebody. This is his, this is his chance to, like, get himself out in the world and make a difference. Uh, live up to his legacy, uh, she also mentions. Um, Tavros is still resilient, uh, understandably does not really want to get involved with anything Vriska is leading again. Um, and at this, Vriska kind of gets nasty, and she points out that there's no reason for him to say no here, because either way, he's fucked if society doesn't change, because once he gets 
uh, once he reaches maturity and they get to uh, the rites of maturation, which I guess is whatever happens when they are to leave the planet, uh, he's going to get killed immediately. Uh, no shot. Um, she turns to us to try to back her up, and she's visibly desperate here, uh, looking for some kind of validation from us. Um, so if we side with Riska, uh, so first, at this choice, uh, we are given, uh, we are first given, uh, three choices, which is to side with Riska or Tavros or neither. If we try to pick neither, uh, the narrative admonishes us for being some kind of centrist and kicks us right back and makes us take a side. Based? <laughs> kind of based. Uh, so if we pick Vriska, um, it still doesn't go over well. Uh, Tavros just clams up, uh, we can't get through to him, and we end up just leaving him out and going to go hang out at the arcade uh, with Vriska, which does sound like a pretty good time. Yeah. But... Kind of a dick move. Kind of a dick move. So if we start with Tavros, um, we, uh, let's see. We, if we start with Tavros, uh, MS Pre Reader reflects on how Riska here is just kind of continuing the cycle of abuse that we've seen so often on Alternia. Uh, we comment that, like, this is how Riska, this is how Riska was raised, this is what she grew up with even though she hated her mom um this is all that she knows and so her attempts to make tavros better through tough love or whatever are just uh not what he needs right now um and we ask her to take a step to take a step back and see that um and just ask herself if this is really what tavros needs to help himself right now and maybe the best thing that she could do is just leave him alone uh, Riska does not take this well. Uh, she spits back at us that our defense is futile and we're just, uh, living in a fantasy land. Um, she says that we're doing little more than enabling him, um, and throws Kanaya in under the bus with us, uh, just as dismissing, uh, j dismissively. Um, and she kind of, she, she, busts, she throws that out there and then sits around, stands, stands around awkwardly for a couple, uh, seconds and leaves. Um... Tavros notes that that went well for a Vriska encounter, um, and he only feels a little bit awful about his entire life. Um, we try to console him and tell him that it's not his fault that she's like this to him. Um, Tavros suggests that we play some fetus spawn as a distraction, uh, but as the game goes on, uh, becomes, it becomes evident that his heart just isn't in it. Uh, we ask him if he's doing alright, he straight up says, uh, no, I'm not doing okay. Uh, and he goes on to mourn the relationship that him and Vriska have. Um, he talks about how they used to be buddies, um, and how great it was to have a positive relationship before everything happened. Uh, but now that things have gone the way they did, uh, he hates himself for not feeling the kind of animosity towards Vriska that he feels like he should feel. Uh, he wants to hate her, uh, but he just doesn't, he can't bring himself to feel that way. Um, let's see. So we consider what we can do to help Tavros here. Um, and we think about, uh, what, what options do we have at our disposal? So if we decide to indulge Tavros a bit, uh, we take him to Prospect and we show him that 
uh, or we go to Frostbit and we wake up his dreaming self and we show him the wonderful possibilities of having a dream self and that he can just stay here and he can fly around and this is this is wonderful. It's everything he's ever wanted. Um, and it uh it. The way that it pays off is the Tyrus decides that he doesn't want to go back. And we, MSP Reader, uh, we don't feel like we have the tools to really deal with this, and so we decide to just let him. So the bad end for Tavros is he spends the rest of his life sleeping at his computer while his friends try to get in contact with him, I guess. Damn. If, instead, uh, we decide, we, we think, like, what can we do to... You know, help, what, what, what can we do to help Tavros in the hero now? Um, uh, we ask him what it is that he, he wants, and he voices the desire to be able to live more independently. Uh, we know that Tinkerbull isn't really capable of much, um, doesn't really seem to have much in the way of friends who can come over very often, uh, besides Vriska, apparently. So, maybe, let, let, let's give Tav let's make Tavros' daily life a little bit easier. So we bring up Kanaya, um, and we, we zap her out to Tavros's place, and we get to work on redesigning Tavros's home to be more accessible. Uh, Kanaya busts out the suburban uh, Alternian hive building application, um, and uh, altogether, uh, we redesign Tavros's hive to be uh, easier to use for him. Um... We get some great use out of the uh, Kanaya uh, key smashing at the computer sprites. Uh, gr great little way to work those in. Big fan. Yeah. Um, at, the, at the end of the remodeling, uh, Tavros uh, thanks us for our help. And he talks a little bit of shit on Vriska, uh, which is met by a disapproving look from Kanaya. Uh, we cool him down a little bit and urge him along. Um, and uh, he thanks us, and he offers some post-construction gaming sesh. Uh, Kanaya... I, I, Kanaya, uh, uncharacteristically, uh, exhibits an utter lack of tact in excusing herself. Um, and, uh, Tavros interprets this as her liking him, which is very funny, and a great reminder that, the we're talking to a little kid here. <laughs> um, we reflect on, uh, what some friendly support, uh, and money can do, uh, for somebody, and we partake of it, and we partake in some celebratory fetus bond with Tavros. And uh, that, that's the Tavros route. Hell yeah. Alright, what do we think of the Tavros route? Uh, Bidu Spawn, go to the poles. True! <laughs> I, I liked this one. I thought it was, uh... I, I think this one was, like, surprisingly uh, enjoyable for it being Tavros. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um... I liked seeing the dynamic between, like, Tavros and Kanaya and Riska a little bit. Uh, is it, like, established... I, I honestly, like, cannot remember. Is it, like, established in Homestuck that, like, Kanaya and Tavros are, like, friends? I... I can't remember. If it, if it, if it is, it was probably a very brief mention. Because uh, I definitely don't remember them really interacting all that much at all. Mm-hmm. Uh... It I can hang on. I can I can pull it up real quick on the on the wiki because the wiki has a list of all interactions ever. Let's go. Uh, um, 
it looks like they interacted once in well no they may have not even interacted at that point let me oh my god uh sure surely if we just search uh there okay there was a brief moment in act six axis Act six, Act six, intermission five, where Tavro Sprite and Kanaya interacted. That cannot be the only interaction that Tavros and Kanaya ever have in Homestuck. I'm not. I'm not seeing. Uh, I'm not is, okay, seeing that's... her symbol anywhere on Tavros's pastor logs list. That is incredible. Okay. Um. All right. I I, I like what Pester Quest has done. In establishing this dynamic, I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> I now if this is just a pester quest thing, I wish there was a little bit more of it because, like, um, that's that's kind of some fun teenage drama, right? Like, we know, like, I guess the the closest they ever came to interacting, uh, properly is that Kanaya, like saw like cannot like there was the whole uh Riska seducing Tavros while Kanaya watch thing. Yeah. Like I guess that's as far as close as it comes. Um see I guess I guess in the context of that existing I, I enjoy what they did with this dynamic. Um I, I think it's funny, uh I, I think that uh Kanaya like kind of being a little cold toward him is um cold towards him is like kinda sad. Yeah. Um, cause like, he didn't ask for this. Come on, man. But yeah, it's it's very very um, it, it it plays into the teenage drama angle. I always think that that's uh fun to get some good old like kids being salted each other oh, yeah. for stupid reasons. Definitely, and plus it just makes sense considering Vriska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, like it, it it works. It works. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um. I don't know, what else? Uh, I spent I spent so much time thinking about the other one that I just don't have that many, like, I, I, I don't have that many, like, extra things to say about Tavros. Yeah, um, this one doesn't really go, like, it, it doesn't really go in on Tavros in a way that we haven't seen before. Like, T- Tavros is a character that you can get a pretty good grasp on from what's presented in Homestuck. I think uh, that uh, I think that this did a, a kind of a better job of like. Oh yeah, it, it it does a better job, but it's like, I get it. I get Tavros. I guess that's fair. I, I enjoyed the the um the more intense version, probably because I haven't like you know I'm I've not been as acute of a homestuck fan as you for as long of a time, but I, I like the uh, I, I like giving us some straightforward like yeah, it just sucks to be this kid. Yeah. Um, without it being, like, actively super obnoxious to read all of his dialogue. I don't know if I've just warmed up to his typing quirk or if he's, like, less obnoxious here, but, uh, he's very tolerable. I think it's it's interesting that he he doesn't mention Gamzee. Oh, he does briefly. Does he? Um, yeah, uh, when they're talking about... When they're talking about when 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 he's talking about, like, friends he has, um, he mentions Gamzee as, like, somebody that he raps with on on discord on troll slum right 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 but that's kind of, that's like 
that that's the extent of it. He's like, yeah, I, I rap with Gant. Like we 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 bust out some sick rhymes. Um, I I like what it's I I do like a lot of what kind of like the message that it's going with of like sometimes you you like I I like the notion of like helping people is, is something that you have to do on their terms um and not on your own terms because you might not see things like you may not understand what's going on or have a yeah have like have a have a deeper understanding of it um so i i like the the whole bit where ms reader turns and talks to the camera about how alternative is just a cycle of abuse yeah um and i and i like the i like the line about like it just all the buck keeps getting passed until it lands on like the weakest um in society yeah um Yeah, I don't know. Uh I good 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 Tavros. Good Tavros. Agree, agree. Good Tavros. They, they 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 made it they did a good Tavros. A nice little Tavros. They did a good they did a good Equius and now they've done a good a good Tavros. Yeah. Um I don't I do you wanna just do the next one? Do you want like the the next one is like so like overbearing and everything it does we just have to get to it like oh okay okay final verdict on Tavros uh Tavros good I like it pretty good pretty good okay um the big one Aradia it's pronounced Aradia yep that's the <laughs> that's the name of the route yes uh do you want to get into it absolutely let's go okay so at the beginning of this route uh, we find ourselves uh as usual walking aimlessly around alternia um we 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 are walking around just kind of in our feelings uh getting more and more frustrated about the situation all the shit that we can make sense of um all this all all the bullshit that we're going through basically um as we walk around, uh, our walk turn to zaps, and we just find ourselves aimlessly wandering around until we eventually get tired and decide to uh, just have a lay down and close our eyes for a bit. We wake uh, to the startling sight of Aradia squatting over us, uh, staring directly at us, uh, characteristically wide-eyed. Um, Emma's reader recoils, uh, but this incurs no offense. And she cheerily introduces herself and compliments us on our uh, choice of resting spot. And we look back and we see that we've been resting on a big pile of bones. Um, we're like, what, 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 what the heck are you doing out here? And she explains to us how much she loves bones and what, what they really mean to her. Um, she, she talks about how uh, she describes bones as like the, the last survivor after a person dies. Um, uh, and how at the moment of your death, um, everything that makes you, you leaves you and all that's left are your physical remains. And that's what bones represent. And, uh, to her that she sees that as a kind of perfection in, she, she sees it as a kind of perfection is how she describes it. I don't, I, I can't really explain it more than that. Um, and, uh, I, I guess, I, I guess what she's getting at is this is like a, a, a testament to like 
the finality of death and like it's absolute like the absolute of death. Yeah. Um uh let's see. And she makes a comment on how um death used to mean something but not anymore. Um we're confused and we have no idea what she means. Um we're also uh pretty hungry. We realize that uh, we're we're kind of starving. Uh, and we ask how long we've been out here and Arati confirms that we've that she's been sitting there uh watching for signs of life or signs of death rather uh for hours at least um her evaluation is that we're mostly alive uh save the entourage of our own ghosts uh following us um she describes us as like herself uh in this way um and uh, then offers to tell us a secret. Uh, at first, uh, we are we're like, oh yeah, this sounds sweet. And then we realize, wait, why are you talking about ghosts? Aren't those fake? Um, she is disappointed by our skepticism and uh, turns away to reveal her to reveal herself as a ghost uh, before awkwardly dismissing us and being like, you know, maybe we uh, maybe this won't work out. So. We sit there for a second on the game over screen. Then we go to click to go back to the main menu to start again. Uh, assume we're not just fiends and we're not just right clicking to get to our load state. And we didn't just miss this for like 20 minutes. Uh, if we wait on the game over screen, if we click on the game over screen, it will rewind to the beginning and when we met Aradia. And we do it again. Um, so uh, it just puts us back at the start. Um, so we read through uh, back to the point where we fucked up and made an insensitive comment about ghosts. Uh, and this time there's another option, which is to just tell me the secret. What's going on? Um, Aradi is pleased with our choice. And uh, in return to this, uh, reveals her true form to us, which is that we've been talking to the post-canon actual homestuck Aradi the whole time and not the little kid Pester Quest version who may or may not exist at all. Um, so yeah, th this, that's, that's something. Whoa! That's cool. <laughs> um, she then goes on to, uh, to say, oh man, they're going to be so mad. They can't find us here. This is going to be awesome. Um, we ask, uh, hey, what the heck is going on? Who's they? Why are they, why are they going to be mad? How do you have so much hair? Why are you suddenly a grown-up? Why are you wearing pajamas? What's going on? Um, Aradia begins to explain things in terms of where we are relative to canon, uh, but we're not having any of it. MS Reader has heard enough bullshit about canon and relevance, and just fuck it, shut up. Don't don't even don't even tell me about this. Um, Aradia is uh. She remarks at our rudeness, uh, but she is generally impressed and enthusiastic about it. Um, and, uh, goes on to explain, you know, what is, what's going on. Uh, she ex compliments us on our handiwork in, uh, just fucking up paradox space beyond repair. Um, we've created the mother of all fucked up timelines. Uh, so fucked up to the point that Aradia thought that this was the work of somebody who was actively trying to sabotage the fabric of reality. Um, and she seems a little bit disappointed in us to find out that we're actually just that stupid. Um, she describes us as, uh, and our actions as something that they had no contingency plan for. 
um, when she is talking about how uh, the timeline is just falling apart. Um, so we relay uh, some of our inexplicable experiences. We're like, yeah, well, I don't know what's going on. I have a bunch of memories that I can't make sense of. I keep, I keep getting, I keep like seeing and like flashes of things and losing them. Um, I get, keep getting stuck in the back rooms with a T posing guy. Like just weird shit's happening. Um, and already explains to us that a lot of what we're experiencing uh, is a result of that entourage of ghosts that surround us. Um, that those are actually uh, the spirits of our own dead selves uh, from all the Doom timelines we've collected. Um, and that the powers that be are trying to cut us off from getting their advice, uh, remembering their memories, uh, getting this information that would help us understand what's going on. Um, so she attributes some of this weirdness to, uh, our class spect, uh, which I have forgotten besides it is something of heart, I think. Um, and, uh, but now that we're outside the medium where, I guess, where those things have influence, I guess is the implication, uh, she can help fix us up. Um, so she takes her hand and, uh, we are instantly assailed by all of our lost selves, all of our doomed selves, uh, re I guess recombining into our consciousness. And at the end of it, we're knocked on our ass and we remember everything, remember all of our friends. Um... But there's still one piece missing, which is Malik. Uh, we reflect on all of our friends, all of our lost memories that are coming back to us. Uh, we get weirdly misty-eyed for hot dogs um, and fucking around with demon. Um, a nice little, nice little trip down memory lane. Uh, so now their memories are restored. Um, Aradia uh, provisions just for what she wanted to get in contact with, with us for in the first place, which is... Uh, Hey, do you want to hang out and just fuck up the timeline together? Um, if for some reason we decide to say no to that, uh, we instead go and try to zap to our friends um, from uh, from friendship, and each and every time we find ourselves unable to, uh, every memory that we can pin down uh, is just a null pointer. It's a missing set of coordinates. We can't find anybody. We even think about the memory of a uh, sniffing armpit. Uh, in des out of desperation. Um, but ultimately, it is all fruitless. Uh, and we find ourselves just back out, hanging out in the furthest ring, uh, with nobody but Aradia and a big old horror terror hanging out. Um, we're understandably heartbroken, um, and Aradia uh, consoles us a bit. And it's like, hey, it'll be okay. Like, does, it really, does any of this really matter? You want to hang out with this big space monster for a bit? And we think about it, and we're like, you know what, that's not too bad. Let's hang out with the big space monster for a little bit before she reminds us back. Hell yeah. Uh, and rewind us back, she does. Um, so, if we instead uh, decide to accept her offer and go ape shit with her, um, we go on a little tour of just minor, minor ways to destroy the timeline. Uh, signing the kids up for phone plans here, dropping a car cat sickle here, stealing Briska's lipstick um there like just all these little minor things that add up um and as we go on we begin to feel uh the crack uh in reality forming so on some level subconsciously um we eventually raise uh reach a stop on the strider rooftop uh where aradia grabs the reach uh 
psionically flings their AC unit into the sky uh, before turning to you and thanking us for before turning Demonstrator and thanking us for uh, for our help. Um, she promises uh, that even though uh, that though our work is not done, we got more teens to talk to still. Uh, that even so, we'll find the answer that we're looking for at the end of our journey. Um, and uh, we spend a little bit of time on the rooftop just chilling uh, before she sends us back, I guess. And that's the end of the route. Woo! What a yeah. what a route! It it it's a really really good one. It's really good. Um, man, where to start? I mean, I mean, I mean the fir- I think the first point we could start at is like, what else could they have done besides this <laughs> with a radio? <laughs> Uh, Pretty much, because because uh, in case we've we've all forgotten, uh, a radio was dead at this point in in the timeline. So, mm-hmm. uh, I I I consistently wonder like what in another timeline what this route would have looked like, like just hanging out at a radius grave, meeting her ghost maybe. I assume that you would meet her ghost. Uh, I think the most extreme version of it would be MSPA reader trying to like stop the 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 cycle of revenge. Oh my god! Which which would have been crazy. Uh, but I, I don't know. This is good. I like this. I like seeing this Aradia. It's good. I really liked it. I really really liked it. Yeah. I I think something I was thinking about as to that point is that like. Aradia is not a character you can easily define by her relationships in the story. Yeah. And I think that that's really what makes this the the proper choice. Um, Because, like, when we get there, when we get in, um, when we get there in Homestuck, like, like you said, like, everything has kind of already happened. Like, at this point in the timeline, she's dead. Um, the whole Flarp incident has transpired. And we've probably spent enough time on the Flarp incident with Tavros already. Yeah. Um, and I think that, like, what makes Aradia an interesting character in Homestuck is what goes on to happen with her after that. Like, I think that the the fun and, like, likable part of Aradia is, like, her self-determination and, like, her going God's here and what that means. Uh, and then, like, the random shit she gets up to after that. Like... I'm glad that they didn't try to, like, let us get to know Kid Aradia. Because I just don't think that there's a ton there. Yeah. Um, whereas with this, like, I, I'm i just so happy that they went with this. I'm, I, oh my god. I, I think that, like, Aradia has become a very, very interesting character in Homestuck, like, in total. Like, uh... I always complain about how she never shows up, but when she does show up, it's really interesting and cool. Um, and I think this is the best way, this was the best way to, like, handle that, where it gave us some more just kind of personal time with the character that we know that we just haven't had enough personal time with yet. Yeah. <sighs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just keep, I'm, it's not gonna be coherent if I keep going on. You say something. <laughs> uh... I, I like what this route does uh, mechanically uh, because the the thing about Pastor Quest was when it was when it was originally coming out, 
it felt like every week there was someone pointing something out and being like, hey, this doesn't work with what's presented in Homestuck. Like, mm-hmm. like John getting the posters at the wrong time. Uh, Rose having a cell phone. Uh, and who knows, who cares if, like, those were done on purpose. But the, the way this route just kind of, like, waves away, like, any any minor consistency before and after is is good. It's like, don't worry about it's it. Like, it, it, it. Yeah, it's like, don't worry about it, because who cares? Like, it's, it's like, sure. The, um... Also... I, mm-hmm. I, I like that this has now pushed it pushed past her quest closer to like epilogue content. I, I like yeah. that. <laughs> she starts like explaining like what's going on and then we're like, no, don't. I, I love that. It's so good. Yeah. Um Yeah, it, it's funny, like for this, like I I because we, we earlier, in the very first one with John, we got that bit where we saw a thing from the epilogues happen. Yeah. Um, and I think that we kind of went, like, radio silent on any epilogues references until uh, Aradia showed up, like, fresh out of the epilogues, basically. Yeah. Um, or at least, like, that's how I'm I'm interpreting this. I, 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 I guess it could be a completely different thing, but it's it's the same I mean, character. I mean, I mean... It, yeah, it's the same character. It's it's kind of not clear whether this is pre-epilogues Aradia or post-epilogues Aradia, because, like, she she spent an indeterminate amount of time, like, in the dream bubbles, just kind of, like, uh-huh. hanging out in there. So it, it, it could be possible that she became aware of, like, grand-level canon concepts, like, pre-epilogues. Uh-huh. Uh... Mainly because mainly because of what's presented in Homestuck too, I, I I lean towards more. This is her pre epilogues. I choose to believe that she just always knew about all that stuff and just never talked about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> from from page one, like as a ghost, she already knew all that stuff. She just didn't want to say anything about it. Yeah. Um. <sighs> I, I I also like that this loops in more of the like plot of MSPA reader stuff like what's been going on with with friends him mm-hmm. uh it, it 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 makes it more and more painful every week when when MSPA reader acknowledges that the friends are gone where are they yeah the the sequence where like um we're zapping around trying to find like any like trying to latch on to any real point of physicality in this universe that's attached to any of our memories like it is sad um, and I think it hits more in a way that, uh, like, the knowledge that they were real and, and failed didn't, like, this, the, the, the concept of, like, just them being gone completely, like, to the point where not even our powers of jumping to any point we want in canon can do anything is, like, yeah. bleak. I also like that there's technically no bad end in this, because every time, yeah. every time you get to a bad end, a radio rewinds you. So it's it's all technically just one narrative. No, yeah, no bad it, end. 
it did it did actually take me like 20 minutes to figure out that you were supposed to just keep going through the game over a screen <laughs> um i didn't miss like there none of the dialogue is different when you rewind right uh i it during the first rewind sequence if you keep rewinding uh you 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 aggravate her and she gives up on you and that's technically a bad end uh, but you get an. I saw that there was a lock achievement. achievement yeah, that I didn't get. yeah, you get an achievement for it, uh, but you don't get like an end screen for it. She just kicks you to the homepage. The base. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Can I just talk about how much I love Aradia? I love Aradia. Uh, she's great. Um, I I just really enjoyed like this route in general. Um. I like, like, she's funny, uh, she's nice, um, I just liked it a lot. I like, I, I enjoyed it a ton. Yeah. Um, what's the least delusional sounding thing I can say from my notes? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I guess this is, like, as good as, like, I, this kind of goes with what I was talking about earlier, but, like, I think that Arati really does feel like a special character in Homestuck. Um, and this really cements that. Uh, I, this is, like, validating me as, like, somebody who has cared about, like, this fringe side character <laughs> for a really long time. Um, like, I think it's really cool how she started out as, like, kind of like a gimmick, it, weird, weird, um, uh, what would you, like, her, her, her arc going from, like, oh, she was dead already, like, oh, she doesn't have a, like, uh, dream self, like, all this weird stuff, um, to, like, her becoming, like, a mythological figure in the, in the medium's cosmos. Yeah. Like, I, lo I, I love how that she's ended up at this point. I like that, um, I, I really like how this works with, like, what they did with her in Homestuck as well, as, like, she takes on this kind of role as, like, the, the, uh, like a, like a, She's like a Karen figure, like, um, escorting the dead to the afterlife, um, or like just guiding the dead. Yeah. Um, and I like that as like, uh, I, I like this as like an extension of that a lot. Um, it's good, it's good to see from the angle of like, lost sucker who's confused. Um, yeah. I also like... I know that we said that, like, it, we liked that it didn't go, like, into her childhood, but, like, I feel like this gave us, like, like, her prank at the start is, like, just enough, I think. Like, I can believe that as a child she thought all these weird things about Bones, too. Um, or that, like, she was hat, like, I, 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 I feel like we got enough of that, um, for it to, like, to not totally discount it, and I appreciate that we got some of that as well. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's super good. It's super good. Yeah, it is super good. Um, uh, oh, sure. Uh, uh, on the note of uh, MSPA readers class back, it, it wasn't ever actually confirmed that uh, MSP reader is a is a heart player. Uh, that's just been like the biggest theory on it we we still okay. we still don't know what class spec mspa reader is 
while I was like reading, what like while I was doing that, like I I thought like, don't we I, I like I I, for, I I thought for a moment like don't we know this already? And so I was like, all right, I forgot. Sorry guys. Uh, but yeah, I, I assume that they're a heart. I think it's pretty easy to read that they're a heart player because Aradia also makes a comment like directly in reference to our class spec that like where we are now is where there's the least uh barrier resistance to the like our other versions of ourselves which is a very heart player thing yeah um yeah uh what else um hmm. i don't know what, what do you think what do you think about the decision of like just including like a like just including like a, a connection this direct to the epilogues uh or like because if we were to believe that um that this is like aradia aradia then this is just like dropping in an epilogue like a a character from a version of the story that we're not in into pester quest um what do you think about that the crossing the streams i like it I, I, I like it when the when the streams cross. Uh the the thing about Homestuck is that when 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 things happen, uh it, it on some level there has to be an acknowledgement somewhere else that those things happened. Mm-hmm. Uh because like when when Friendsem ended with the reveal that like MSPA reader was being controlled by Doc Scratch and was like off screen during a point in Homestuck. Like, what? Once you get to that point, mm-hmm. it, it it kind of requires MSPA reader to start like interacting on some other level beyond just Nodding. beyond just fringe uh, visual novel where you interact with some side characters from a game that's not out yet. Like it once once you you look at us and say this character was here reading Homestuck in the other room at this specific point on this page. Yeah. Like and and then you start the the sequel game with MSPA reader interacting with this the, with the Juju th- that like rewrites canon. Like it, it, it made sense to me that like at some point the stakes were gonna get like way bigger and start interacting with other shit that was going on. Uh huh. Like I like it. I like stuff like that, and it just makes sense to me. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm. I'm glad we're on the. I'm glad we're on the same page. I, I feel like that's kind of a. I've. I've. One of the things that I've. One of the few things I've like actually seen firsthand complaints about, which I guess is easy, is like. People don't like the bleeding of things into each other. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that, like, Arati is probably the perfect character for it because she's, like, she is, like, the, the like, uh, this guide figure. So if if anybody's going to show up and be like, hey, hey, kid, here's what's going on, uh, it's, it's a good choice. Yeah. Um... <sighs> I, <clears throat> I, 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 I have a hard time trying to figure out like what to say about this. Um, the 
Okay, I have one more like kind of delusional sounding Aradia fan take. Okay. I promise okay. this is the last. This is All the right. last one. Lay, lay it on me. Um, my, the so the bit in the last uh in like the last um route with Tavros route where it talks about how like uh Alternian society is like just pushing the buck of suffering around until it lands on like the weakest in society. Mm-hmm. Um, I that like uh. It really, like, made me think about uh, Aradia's, like, character arc in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and I I just love it so much from the, like, just taking a step back and thinking in terms of, like, um, character who was, like, born into nothing. Uh, like, born into the lowest social, social caste in the system. Uh, like, abused by, uh, faced abuse at, like, higher bloods, like, was killed by Vriska, uh, was all that shit with Equius happened. Yeah. Um, and then, like, she gets to go god tier in the coolest flash in the whole comic, uh, and then just kind of does her own thing for a while. And I just, I, I think that, um, that whole arc for a long time was kind of missing a satisfactory capstone, where, like, we got the, we got to know that, like, she got to go and do her own thing, um, and she's having a good time with the channel with Solix and stuff, but, like, the, it, we never got, like, a, a good, like, uh, like, there, there's, like, there was never, like, any, a good, like, closer to it, where it was, like, you know, what is she going to, and I think this just, like, acts as the perfect function for that. Yeah. Um, I am, I am just really happy that this exists. Hell yeah. Me too. Um. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've. I, that, 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 okay. I've, I'm. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I won't talk about how Aradia is like a saint anymore. <laughs> she's like the. She's like the equivalent of like a saint in Homestuck. Basically, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, least delusional Aradia fan. Um. <sighs> I, rem- I remember when this route came out. The the like first thing I did. What was start posting about how you needed to see these sprites? You did. You you specifically. Uh, I knew the spoiler for this because uh, years ago, like you sent me like Aiden. They just released what Arati looks like as a grown up. Do you want to see? And I'm like, okay, sure. And you sent me the the sprites. And I'm like, awesome, nice. <laughs> um, yeah. I actually uh, I had a joke that I was waiting for you to play into that I you never did. Um, what I was gonna, uh, the bit I was gonna do was, uh, when you said, uh, Aiden, what did you think of this? I was gonna say, uh, well, John, I've heard a lot of news about the queen being dead, uh, but I don't see it. <laughs> um. So true. <laughs> that, that was my, that was my episode, that was my, uh, joke of the day that never, never got deployed. Um, yeah, okay, it, it, what else? Uh, Yeah. I don't know. John, help me out here. I'm I, I'm out of things to I, say. I don't, it's good. We we like it. It's good. <laughs> Woo. How 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 surprising that the, the the ones we really enjoy are the Vriska route and the Aradia route. Would would anybody really be surprised? This is true, but like in fairness, they are the best ones, legitimately. Yeah. Like from an objective perspective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no one can argue that. Don't even try to argue that. <laughs> don't don't even fucking try. Um yeah. Uh any other thoughts looking back on this uh on this volume or 
maybe any further thoughts looking back on this volume um anything uh in context with uh trying to think of if there's anything like in context of like the story popping off with the Arati and the Tavros stuff but I'm drawing a blank all the Vriska stuff was in the Tavros one yeah uh um, shout out to the 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 end panel where it's MSPA reader at a radio just chilling with a horror terror. It's pretty good. I, I really like that pretty one. Chill. She has so much hair. I, she she has yeah. so much hair. I, I like the comment on like how does your makeup so perfect but you've never brushed your hair. <laughs> it's really good. Uh oh yeah, I, I like how that um that panel is like the the caption is okay. Um I Okay, another thing that I love that they wove into this. Um, I think that the uh, Aradia, like, being okay with things and, like, that whole, like, as a ghost, how that's her whole quirk is she's just very, um, I don't know, she's basically a doormat. Yeah. Uh, and I like that the bad ending, or one of the bad endings uh, for this route was, like, taking that, um, but turning it from, like, a state where that she was in that she had to be fixed and got better from uh, to just, like, uh, something, like, that being okay with things is fine sometimes, basically. Yeah. Uh, like, I, I like that it that uh, it went a little bit into, like, you know, maybe, like, it's, it's a little bit nihilist, but she's going to rewind us and things will be fine. Um, and we can take the time that we have, like, right now and just vibe out for a bit. Yeah. And I like that a lot. So shout out to that. Shout out to that. Um, I I don't know. I'm <laughs> I, I I I'm like I I I feel like I have nothing. I'm out of things to say without just sounding completely insane. <laughs> it's good, John. What are we reading next it's week? It's good. We like it. Um, <laughs> I sorry. Okay. Uh, what are, next week? Ahead. Uh, we're running out of trolls. We're we're oh my god. We're 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 now. Well, I mean, we were past. We were we were at the halfway mark when we covered uh. Equus and 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 Terezi. Uh, uh-huh. we have we have four trolls left. Uh, so next week in volume nine, we're we're gonna meet our friends Napetta and Solix. And that means the last volume is the Sea Dwellers. Just the Sea Dwellers. Just the Sea Dwellers. Looking forward to that. Napetta and Solix. Yeah. Um, at the mention of Solix, uh, like. I have nothing against the guy, but it is really funny to this is like one of the first Arati appearances without Solix in a really long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Alright. Um Anything else before we wrap up? I'm good. Okay. Uh you wanna wanna take this one to the close? Sure. Alright. Uh starting off, um, Okay, so, uh, I have I have multiple patrons. I'm doing I'm doing mine first now, right? Yeah. And we thank the patrons. Yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna say uh, we'd like to start off by uh, thanking our patrons, um, and then I will read mine, and then you can pick it up. Mm. Okay. Okay. So uh, first, uh, we'd like to thank all of our patrons. Um, uh, at all uh, all of our, what do you say? I have I can't I can't enter the Patreon. I don't have the muscle memory for it. Um, first, we'd like to shout out all of our patrons. 
Um, uh, starting with uh, Proof of the 27th, uh, Michael P. And then the other 11. Uh, Ashen 1, Haxus 3, Mel, Tezrak, Amber M, Danny, Caffeine, Gareth F, Simon Martins, Corin, and Darsh. Thank you for monies. Thank you all for money. Um, if you would like to join that illustrious list of names uh, that we just read, then you can go to patreon.com slash hpcast. Uh, and there uh, you can find perks such as getting your name on that list of names uh, or uh, getting episodes early. Uh, we put them out on Saturdays instead of on Mondays for our patrons. Um, you can also see other perks uh, such as getting your fan troll on the podcast uh, if you're a millionaire. Uh, or getting to watch our admin chat, um, if you're, uh, if you have money to throw around. Um, so yeah, uh, if that, if that sounds fun to you, uh, if you'd like to become an early listener, uh, or patron, you can go to, uh, patreon.com slash hpcast. Uh, or if not, that's also fine. Uh, because our second shout out, as always, goes out to all of our listeners in general. Um, uh, means a lot that people are here on this adventure with us, um, and yeah, uh, thank you guys. Uh, it means a lot. Um, shout out. Uh, and, as always, our third shout out goes to Alex, our artisan editor. Um, Alex does all the hard work around here. Uh, all, all the editing. Um, in, all the work that doesn't involve just talking into a mic. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Uh, so, thank you, Alex, for all that you do. And, um, with that, uh, we will see you next week uh, with Volume 9 of Pester Quest. Uh, see you around. See ya.